Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Quizlet. I'm Rebecca Watson, and joining me, as always, is Keith L. Jensen. Hey, Keith. Yay, I love that guy. Yeah, he's all right. He's hilarious. You know, he's a big winner, too. Yeah, you are coming hot off of the heels of your first ever Quizatron victory. How does it feel? Like the beginning of a streak, really. Oh, boy. It's already gone to your head. I, I worry what it's going to do to our ratings when I win every month for yeah. years straight. It's a, a dynasty is what they call it in uh, sports, yeah? No, I think in order to have a dynasty, like your kid would have to come on after you retire and also win. There is no one that we've had on who could possibly beat my kid. So that's a given. I mean, you could put that to the test. All we right. could. Are we going to do a kid's edition? <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> Considering the way be... the points are given out uh, more for amusing or displeasing Rebecca than for anything else, I, I really do think my kid would be a shoe in. The only person that could maybe be my kid <laughs> would be your dog. <laughs> that that would be a good addition. All kids and animals. And, and as long as we're talking about kids instead of science, literally just this minute as we're talking, I found a fossil of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich underneath my computer. Ew. Yeah. And you know what? It's maybe this is a bad sign that I'm not feeding her the good stuff. It's got a lot of preservatives or something, but it does there's no mold, <laughs> there's nothing yucky. It's just dry and hard and yeah it to be uh displayed as statuary well number one that's disgusting number two the lack of mold doesn't necessarily indicate poor nutrition that's uh a a a misconception spread by those people who post pictures of a big mac or whatever that refuses to right grow mold uh that's not due to preservatives that's due to usually the weather uh and the conditions that you're keeping the food in so the conditions inside your house and the weather you know around so like if you have air conditioning which i assume you don't because this is the bay area but actually it's hot there right oh my god you do It, it gets in the hundred teens here ew yeah yeah, when I said you could come visit me, uh, I, I meant not on those days. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I so, feel like yeah. I said this on the show before, but the best analogy I've heard between where I live and where you live is some friends of mine rode their motorcycles from San Francisco to come visit me. And they mm-hmm. said about a half an hour out of San Francisco that it literally felt like someone turned on a blow dryer and stood in front <laughs> of them pointing it at their face. And that continued the whole rest of the way until they got to me. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it's, well, we just hide in the house. And when we used to not have central air, we put an air conditioner in a single room and then that we'd call that our cool room. And we'd all, we'd have dinner in the cool room. We'd do everything in the cool room. The rest of the house didn't exist until summer was over. Yikes. But, you know, you get to have a house. That's the other big difference between Sacramento and San Francisco is you... It is uh, within owning a home is within your reach, and it's not within my reach here in San Francisco. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, uh, but yeah, if you have so if you've been running the air conditioner in your house, you know that obviously will dry out the air, and that makes it less likely for mold to grow. Uh, or just you know if you're living in an arid environment. 
See, so th- this is yeah. what I love about you, Rebecca. I thought that my uh, ADD was kicking us off topic, but no, <laughs> Rebecca keeps it in the science realm no matter what. Just right in there. Boom. And, and skeptic, too. It's very good. Yeah. I'm a professional, Keith. This you is what are. I do for a living. I'm, I'm lucky to be affiliated with you. Aw. I have a, a question for you, Keith. Are you prepared? No, ma'am. I it's been <laughs> that kind of my my wife was gone for ten days. I've been a single father, and while she was mm-hmm. gone, I bought a house, as you mentioned. So I have right. prepared for nothing. It didn't occur to me that the house buying happened while your wife was gone. Is this going to be a surprise for her when she gets home? (laughs) She jokingly said, are you going to buy a house while I'm gone? Because, you know, we've been looking. And I said, only if the perfect one comes along. And then I didn't think I would. And then my realtor had me go look at one. And I went, oh, yeah, this is it. And so um, my wife did have an opportunity to say no to it. I made sure that the timing was such that. But but it was literally, she got back from her trip, I picked her up, drove her to the house, and said, you got 24 hours. <laughs> so 24 hours later, she went, yeah, yeah, we could live there. <laughs> well, at least you did give her that one last look. She she got to actually see it in person. I was picturing her on, you know, out of town looking at Redfin photos or something. There was that also. Yeah. Yeah. I did that. Prior to, you know, getting her and bringing her there. But at that point, I had already made that had been accepted when she looked at it. Yeah. Like, you have a few days afterwards to pull out of it. To say yeah, never mind. But but we had yeah. actually technically already, you know, but made an offer and had it accepted. So make that about science, Miss Watson. Uh, men make rash decisions more often than women without consulting their partners. <sighs> Yeah, I'm sure that makes, that's you know, true. That makes me sound bad. I, <laughs> I told her before she left that I would if it was perfect. And she said, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's not even a real, that's not even real. That's not a real I know, science I love that you ended I just with, made that I, up. What'd you say? You were like, probably, or I think maybe. Probably. <laughs> okay. Well, you're not prepared, but I'm going What's to ask funny you this is question when I, anyway, when I have been prepared did it make any difference to me getting the question right so no, yeah i'm point. i'll just say i'm as prepared as ever miss watson i for some reason i'm calling you miss watson now <laughs> it's a new thing we're gonna go with it all right that's fine i'm down with that uh in high school they called me little watson so that's the only like nickname i've ever had <laughs> so you're close and that's only because i have two right. older brothers and i I was the little. Do you hate? I know. You uh, do you, does it apply to your brothers? Yeah, of course it does. I mean, they were the men I hated first. <laughs> oh, good. They. That's that's where you uh, practiced. Where you yeah, cut your teeth, so to speak. All right, let's. Uh, I'm going to ask you this question. I feel like you do, even though you're not prepared. I I think you have a good chance at this one. I'm going to get it. All right. The FBI this week has just released under a freedom of information act request previously secret records relating to what animal to what animal i was all ready for this to be a ufo question mm. what animal mm-hmm. is richard milhouse nixon an animal technically yes all right but is you're that- not looking for so specific an answer are you 
Uh, it's not like <laughs> what animal? Benji. Well, maybe. Okay, maybe uh, Michael maybe. Jackson's monkey bubbles. <laughs> That's my guess. That's my you're, answer. Final answer. You're close. The monkey that went to space. That's my final answer. How many final <laughs> answers can you have? Well, how come we don't even know that monkey's name that went to space? That brave monkey. Don't we? I mean, I don't. Uh, wait, did a monkey go to space? Yeah. <laughs> or was it just dogs? Because we know Laika, the dog. Well, the, the Russians sent... This is what I, I may be remembering wrong. Didn't the Russians send the dog up and they didn't have a way to bring the dog back? So the dog's just going to die up there. And then the Americans were like, those bastards. And that was yes. a big part of our propaganda in the in the space race was that Russians kill dogs. And then when we got ready to send a monkey up, we were like, uh, we sure as hell better be able to bring this monkey back after all the dog I have good. I have good later. news for you. Yeah. We do know that monkey's name. Lay it on me. The first primate astronaut was Albert. A rhesus macaque, who on June 11th, 1948, rode over 63 kilometers on a V2 rocket. Albert died of suffocation during the flight. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm sorry. I should have read read ahead before I... (laughs) I should have read ahead before I started. Well, at least we didn't kill a dog. (laughs) Albert was followed... By Albert II, who survived the V2 flight, but died on impact on June 14, 1949. Oh How did Albert after III fare? <laughs> Albert III died at 35,000 feet in an explosion of his V2. All right, Albert number four. Albert IV on the last monkey V2 flight died on impact on December 8th that year after another parachute. Flight. You are kidding. This is for real? Albert number five. Uh, Albert the fourth was the last. I, I love that they tried four times with the same name just so that in the end they could go, <laughs> Albert made it. And then finally they're like, all right, enough with Albert. <laughs> Albert's never going to survive. My wife had three different pets named Usarian because she thought it was such a great name. And none of those pets fared well. And finally I told her, I was like, baby, we can't name things Usarian anymore. Thank God she didn't name your child Usarian. Right. That came up when we were talking about names. Like, what do you want to name it? Well, not Usarian. Yeah, she's definitely going to get run over by a car. Yeah, we lost an iguana named Usarian and a goldfish named Usarian. Oh, they weren't even all the same species Usarian. No, no. She just really liked the name. And every time we tried that name, like, up. Next day, there's a fungal infection or dropsy or, you know. (laughs) Oh, wait. I have really good news. There was an Albert the Fifth. Not ah. it, so those were Albert one through four were on the V two flights, the V two okay. rockets. Uh, Albert the Fifth was the first monkey on an Aerobee rocket. Wikipedia says he was possibly called Albert the Fifth. Okay. So I'm not really sure where they're getting their information. Um, Albert V died due to parachute failure. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, that was just mean, Rebecca. You're all, I have good news. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank God. Finally, a happy ending. Died due to parachute failure. Then, and then there was an Albert VI, who was also known as Yorick. <laughs> who, along with die? 11 mouse crewmates, survived. Yes, Albert VI. And survived landing, the first monkey to do so. Good boy. Although he died two hours after they landed. (laughs) Of old age. Of old age. 
happily with his grandchildren <laughs> all around. Just... All his grandchildren were around him and the mice also. They were all there and they were holding it his just hand. Says he died two hours later. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, all two of the mice also died after recovery. All of the deaths were thought to be related to stress from overheating in the sealed capsule in the New Mexico sun while awaiting the recovery team. Oh, geez. I'm sorry. At least we didn't kill a dog. No, just uh, some of of the smartest species on the planet. (laughs) Sorry. USA. I think the sixth was the last Albert, because then the next one is named Gordo, also called Old Reliable, a squirrel monkey. Hmm. Uh, killed due to mechanical failure oh of the parachute okay, recovery we, system. Let's just stop. What what are we up to now? Seven dead monkeys? <laughs> Abel, a rhesus macaque, died undergoing surgery to remove an infected medical electrode. So, like, Jesus. he survived the whole flight process. All right. Uh, oh, and Miss Baker, who went along with Abel... Miss Baker became the first monkey to survive the stresses of spaceflight and the related medical procedures. Oh, my Ms. goodness. Miss Baker died November 29th, 1984, at the age of 27 and is buried on the grounds of the U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, Alabama. She is a hero to monkey kind. Uh, she's mm-hmm. also a feminist hero. <laughs> it was where all those, men, women and all those male monkeys yeah. failed Along comes Miss Baker. Where no Albert has gone before. Amen. <laughs> well put. Okay, so anyway, um, you were wrong in all of your guesses. All right. <laughs> Just to repeat the question, because it's been a while. It's been a while. I don't remember it. Something about, was there an animal somewhere once that the FBI was into? Uh, correct. Uh, the FBI has just released, uh, under FOIA request, previously secret records relating to what animal. The animal I was looking for was Bigfoot. So, you I wasn't sure. Here's the thing. Here's the I thing. Mean, if the answer was unicorn, was it like. But unicorn isn't capitalized, and you don't say, like, Okay. Oh, okay. hey, unicorn. Good argument. You call the unicorn by its name, but Bigfoot is Bigfoot's name, and there might just be the one of him. All right. See what I'm saying? That Anything is good in their animal. information? I'm getting over my being hurt, and we're just going to move <laughs> on to, really? Bigfoot? What do we got? Okay, here's what happened. Bigfoot researcher Peter Byrne was called out to the Pacific Northwest in November of 1976 because two U.S. Forest Service employees claimed to see a lumbering figure moving through the trees. I love that Byrne, they framed it called out. I picture some other Bigfoot authoritarian going like, Oh, yeah. Your footprints are fake. <laughs> I'm calling you out. No, he was – what's another word for that? He was a, the like Bigfoot expert, and so yeah, they like they sent for him. Uh, nice. So he so that examined. Guy, that guy sat by his phone for so long. Yeah, waiting He's for like, that call. Finally, put me in, coach. All right. <laughs> so he examined the area, and he found uh, the trees were kind of close together, and so he looked at them and found a chunk of hair and skin that had scraped off onto one of the trees. So he collected the sample 
And he sent it off to the FBI, asking them to please analyze it and get back to him as soon as possible. He wrote, please understand that our research here is serious. This is a serious question that needs answering. And he never heard back. (laughs) But 43 years later, he has his answer because of this release of internal documents. It showed that the FBI did take his request seriously. They did analyze the sample and they did actually reply to him. But for some reason, he just never got their response. And in the response, they stated that they had used transmitted an incident light microscopy. Yeah, microscopy? microscopy. No, Is that microscopy. right? Microscopy. Yeah. It sounded weird coming you don't, out of my You mouth. don't do microscopy? All the time, I, but I don't know how to say it. I've got a little microscopy minor league team that I, I mess with on weekends. It's <laughs> good. Um, and their microscopy uh, included a study of morphological characteristics such as root structure metallary structure and cuticle thickness in addition to scale casts and they discovered that the sample hairs were from a deer so (laughs) that's what the fbi just released after 43 years and uh peter byrne himself is still alive he's ancient and he's a little disappointed (laughs) to learn after all these years why did they wait so long just to keep hope alive no, it, they did respond to him. They they sent him a letter detailing but, all of but this. But they didn't release it publicly. No, but that's just how the FBI does. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, well, why like, would they? I, I think it might be a thing like in sitcoms when you're dealing with a censor, you intentionally write things for them to cut. Mm. You know, I think that the FBI is like, when people come barking around for stuff, they're like... Yeah, we do horrible stuff every day. But here's this Bigfoot thing and then you know, maybe Oh, absolutely. I yeah. wonder what so I wonder what horrible thing led them to release this information about Bigfoot after forty three years. Well, the horrible thing was a Freedom of Information Act request from someone who likes Bigfoot. <laughs> no, they don't care about those. That's, they they literally have to care about them. No, they, <laughs> they get sued. They don't have to do anything. Sometimes I think that you don't know that a secret cabal of bankers is running the country. Um, are, is is this? Are you talking about lizard people or the Jews? Those are <laughs> those are like the only two options when it comes to a secret cabal. Oh, you running think that, the world? You, you think that's two separate options, huh? Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to love back in the day uh, before. Uh, this stuff became serious. Right. <laughs> like, Conspiracy like, theories used to be fun. Yeah. And I, I used to really love John Ronson's work on the David Icke reptilian theory because uh, John Ronson is Jewish and he was very interested in David Icke's reptilian theory because a lot of people claimed that David Icke was just pretending to be crazy and pretending that it was lizard people running the world, but he really was using a dog whistle and he meant the Jews. So John Ronson went and hung out with David Icke for quite a while and came away saying like, oh no, he really thinks it's lizard people. <laughs> it's, he doesn't, he's, he might be anti-Semitic too, but <laughs> right. he actually thinks lizard people are running the world. 
All right. So I, I had to pull this up because I, I had always been pronouncing his name differently. So let's see. Oh. I'm going to see what my I C K E. I used to say ick, but I I think he pronounces it Ike. Oh, really? They're going to make me watch a Supercuts Are commercial you- before telling me how to pronounce his name? And they're not even giving me the skip thing. Wow. But you can edit this out, right? Uh, sure. I'll make a little note here. <laughs> uh, yeah, and never go to Supercuts. That's um, punish them for. We're, we're down to nine seconds, Rebecca. It's okay, so not great. worth it. But as long as no. you're in for a penny and for a pound. Is this all just to I want to just David. to prove me wrong about no, no, I'm the pronunciation now. of his I'm name? British author who is commonly known for exposing the reptilian bloodline that rules the world. Oh my god! To most of mainstream society. What are you? You're just watching one of those. No, it said it was mislabeled. It said However, pronunciation. You get to know his work, no, they, they're they're those. They're, the whole point of those accounts is to get ad money, so they pad them out. Right? They called him Ick. I thought it was Icky. I really did. Icky. Because I, I heard someone say it that way once, and I was like, "Oh, I've been calling him Ick. Is it Icky?" I'm right. pretty sure it's Ike, but. All right. And if any listeners know, call in. Uh, don't yeah. go to Supercuts. Don't co- <laughs> we, we, we haven't gotten a secure sponsor for the show yet, but we do have an anti-sponsor. Yeah, it's definitely it's- not going to be Supercuts. I right. was going to reach out to them before I edited that Never. out. But uh, as an aside, the Washington Post mentions that Peter Byrne is known as one of the four horsemen of Sasquatchery. <laughs> Sasquatchery is my new favorite word. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's, he's basically the Richard Dawkins of Sasquatchery. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know who want, the other think, three for. Do you think he's creepy? <laughs> I think he probably um, makes less of an ass of himself on Twitter somehow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, new Bigfoot news. Doesn't come up often these days. No, no, it seems to really be slowing down. Um, Keith, do you have a question for me? I do. Are we going to do it here or are we going to save it? We're going to for... save it. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna... We're going to. I think you made In... the right decision that mm-hmm. your question's the one we give away free because mine is <laughs> paying for. Yeah. Yours is always the better one. So that's why it's behind the paywall. Yeah. If you would like to hear Keith's question, you could head on over right now to patreon.com slash quizotron. And this uh, next episode will be made available to our patrons over there. And And you will also get access to all of our previous secret episodes. As a a good socialist, I I hate keeping you out because you don't have money. So if you would like to hear it and you you don't have money... (laughs) Um, go rob a bank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. So we're Make creating sure it's opportunities not, for everybody. I don't know if there's any such thing as local banks anymore, but don't rob one of those. Make it like one of the my, evil ones. My bank just either merged or got acquired. I had the greatest little one branch bank in Sacramento. I've been with them 25 years and now all of a sudden they're part of a, of a small, they're a branch of a small, I don't know what the word is. Chain, chain of banks. Yeah, and that's the first step. You're okay, gonna, there, that chain is going to be taken over by right. Bank of America eventually. And, and then they're going to put in a drive-thru, and I'll be able to get a latte with my 
I my bank my mom's bank growing up had a drive through and they used those um, pneumatic tubes. The tubes. I, oh, I got some, I got out of those before? when I was little. I, no, no, my, my mom also went to a bank with pneumatic tubes. The driveway had two lanes. So one lane yeah. was far away from the bank and you stick yeah. a little tube in it. Yep. I love that. And they would always, uh, when they sent it back, they would include a lollipop for me and a biscuit for our dog. That's the best. Uh, that's probably a Bank of America now. That yeah, and that's the truth is the sad truth is that's the bank that was controlled by the lizard people. They were the <laughs> nicest were people, so the nice. lizard people. Yeah, they really were. I love lizard people, lollipops. It's a shame the way that they were savaged and maligned. I have more information to deliver to our audience. Uh, our next live show normally it's on the last Thursday of the month, but for this month, we are going to be on the last Friday. It's going to be Friday, June 28th, and it's going to be at Piano Fight, our normal spot in San Francisco. Tickets will be available soon. I will post them in the show notes once they are available. Um, And it's going to be a really good time. We're going to have a returning champion in uh, Kat Bobineau. She's going to be coming back. And, and Johnny Taylor, the comedian, is currently on tour with Brian Pusain. He is incredible. He's a very, very funny man. He's hilarious, and I'm very excited to have him on the show. So uh, thank you very much for getting him. Woo-hoo. And thank you for uh, being here this morning with me, Keith. Always my pleasure. And we will see our patrons In about five seconds, we're going to start talking to you. Again, head over to patreon.com slash quizzatron to get in on our secret shows. Bye.